0: I think if you feel like this is probably going to be a one and done thing for me, um, which kind of makes me laugh, but...
1: Um... <laughs> it won't be. It won't be.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast and as i've taken to recently doing i've got to start by introducing the on-air talent my lovely co-host sam welcome sam
2: why thank you brian welcome to you as well
1: you got to get an intro, Sam. You got to have some like, <laughs> it's like some intro that you do. We just keep making fun of your green room, which is really just a bedroom that has a Murphy <laughs> bed in it. But uh, yeah, so, well, Sam, glad to have you back as always. Um, I guess if you weren't here, it would be more problematic for me a personal life uh, Yeah, you'd be so, yeah. DCL the
2: DCL solo. The DCL solo doesn't have DL. the same DL.
1: ring to it and I'd have to redo no. the logo and I don't have that kind of time. So, well, yeah. we're happy to be joined today by another fabulous guest, Tracy. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, y'all. Hi.
2: Oh a little y'all a little y'all there.
0: Where are you from Tracy? <laughs> I am from New Orleans and there's probably gonna be a
2: lot of y'all. We love it. Nola, one of our favorite places. With the full Southern drawl.
1: There you go. I love I'm it. From, I'm from Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, originally, where we like to squeeze every word into as few syllables as possible. And uh, <laughs> just outside of where I lived on the highway, there was a town called Florence, and they had a big water tower that said, Florence, y'all. So yes, the y'all is <laughs> is a word in the dictionary in the Deep South. So
2: No, my, my favorite is the way that y'all pronounce different street names in New Orleans. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, that could be a whole podcast on its own. Yes, absolutely.
1: We'll play a little game here at the beginning of the show and people can comment in and write in. But uh, in New Orleans, there's a street they pronounce Calliope. So can you guess what word that should be if properly pronounced? So there you go. Uh, Good (laughs) luck to everyone out there. Oh, okay. I'm not going to
0: spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it.
1: Uh, all right. Well, Tracy, you wrote in because you wanted to talk about. I think I labeled this something like affordable cruising. Uh, I think in Disney Cruising Land, it would probably be discounted Disney cruising, which is still expensive. But uh, you know, how can you get on board a Disney ship for a little bit less, make it a little bit more affordable for you at times? Uh, and so excited to talk to you about that. But we're going to start where we always do with our guest, Tracy, which is what is your background with Disney cruising and and Disney in general?
0: Uh so I was raised going to the parks. Um, When I was a kid, we used to go to, we had a nice motorhome. So we used to go to Fort Wilderness, I feel like several times a year. So I've lost track of how many parks vacations I've done, but my first Disney cruise uh, was as a mother. So we didn't, we never did Disney cruise as kids, but both my parents are big into Disney. My mom always travels with us. Uh, My father is unfortunately passed on and my children are fully indoctrinated. A little bit to uh, my dismay because where, where I live, um, we cross over the Mississippi River every single day. So sometimes we'll see other ships in port um, and I'll be like, oh, that one has two water slides and it looks nice. And they're both like, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: I don't see Mickey waving from the top deck, Mom. That's not the one for us. Ex- yeah.
2: exactly, exactly. They don't have the when you wish upon a star horn. Sorry, Mom. <laughs>
1: yeah. Nice, nice. Well, how, so wait, how many how many Disney cruises have you been on, and have you been on other cruise lines?
0: Um, before I was a parent, I had been on one other cruise with another line. I didn't really enjoy that, so I wasn't you know real stoked to cruise again. But the first one I went on, they were advertising some ridiculously cheap rates, like on a billboard in New Orleans, out of Galveston. So we went ahead and bit, and uh, I feel like. You know, what I'm about to talk about, maybe put a big black box warning on the website of the ship, like this product is highly addictive. yeah, uh, I just completed number 10. So we just made platinum. And my 11-year-old daughter also completed number 10. Um, the seven-year-old, she's on number nine. So yeah, I'm sure I've heard you guys talk about Nathan like these kids are really young and they're already platinum. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I, f- I fear for my son's vacation habits and his future vacation budget. But yes, uh, yes. Nathan is not quite platinum. He's he's gold. He'll be platinum at the end of those back-to-back cruises we have scheduled for The Wish here uh, in yeah, July. So he should, yeah.
2: After the maiden and the DVC charter he will be he will be platinum at at eight years old
1: well that's a good uh, so so tracy have you been on all of the disney ships or just uh just a handful
0: i have been on every ship at least twice now that was my second sailing on the magic that we just completed oh and to finish the disney background um i am a budget traveler always so we do not own dvc we are um all-star resort people <laughs> with the occasional splurge at Pop Century now because it is on the Skyliner and they serve Dole Whips in the food court.
2: (laughs) Listen, growing up, the only Disney resorts I ever stayed at were the All-Star Sports and All-Star Music. And I remember going to them when they were pretty new, actually. That's how our family traveled. And and we didn't do a lot of Disney trips because it was even, you know, even a Disney trip with All-Star Sports or music was at the high end of our family budget.
1: But, but let's talk about Disney Cruise Line, Chase. Let's talk about the tips that you have for sailing budget on Disney Cruise Line. I, look, the biggest driver, right, is I think room, your room category. And then we talk a lot about on the show, you know, the cruises don't get cheaper over time. That's true to some extent. You know, they can end up on a on like a Florida resident rate or some other budget rate list closer in time to the cruise if they're not full, but generally speaking, I think booking opening day, but Tracy, I guess me, when do you book if you want to do a cruise and what room categories are you looking at to try and, you know, stretch that dollar?
0: So I, I went back in um, typical fashion. I made like a spreadsheet and the room categories of all the types of rooms that I've sailed in. And of these 10 sailings, the last five have been either GTY or IGT. So Touring Plans actually has a great article that breaks down the difference between those. Um, But the the most affordable rates that Disney has to offer is going to be those VGT, IGT, OGT. And that means it is a guaranteed stateroom with restrictions.
1: And so, yeah, can you define some of those terms a little bit, Tracy, to help people understand what the difference is? Because I've seen the GTY on the site, but at like different times, and I, so I've never quite understood what each of those categories encompasses. So I don't know if you can define those a little bit for folks.
0: Sure, definitely. So the GTY is going to become available. I guess once the ship reaches a certain capacity, I'm not real sure when they release those, but with the GTY, you're going to be guaranteed at least um, a category of stateroom. Like for our seven night in February, it was an 11B. And for our Marvel Day at Sea, we were guaranteed a 10B. That's a GTY. So that is a guaranteed stateroom without restrictions.
2: Yeah. So let's back up for a second. What you're talking about is when you're going online to book your cruise, instead of booking a particular room, like meaning a specific stateroom, you're instead booking a specific category or class of rooms, meaning you're booking like a family veranda or a family deluxe veranda or a family inside room or whatever Uh, and that's what she's talking about with, you know, 11B, 11A, 9A, 9B. Those are just room categories. So you're guaranteed a room in that category or better, but you are not picking your exact room. So you don't know what location you will be on the ship. Is that right?
0: That is absolutely correct. Um, I do want to say with our 11B, we did end up getting upgraded to a deluxe family ocean view stateroom. So that was nice, but you can't you cannot count on that. <laughs> like You have to be okay with, you know, an inside stateroom, which is what that 11B was. Actually, we were, I don't want to say disappointed, but when I saw that we were getting ocean from I was like, oh, we won't have a magical porthole because that one was on the fantasy. But the kids loved the the window that they can sit in because they love to sit in those windows up on deck.
1: Yeah, and, and just sort of doing a little digging here just to put the, I think, the difference between some of the categories in perspective. So the GTY staterooms, it looks like you can... As to your point, Tracy, once the ship has hit a certain capacity for booking, ahead of any pay in full date, they'll start to open up this GTY category, which, again, ahead of pay in full, you are putting down deposits. You just don't get a room assigned at the time of booking. It gets assigned closer in time. And to your point, it's guaranteeing you a room on a ship. It's not necessarily guaranteeing you a specific room on the ship, and it may bump you up a category on the ship. It won't bump you below the category. That you've paid for. The other ones you mentioned, which are interesting to me, because I had not really, I've not really seen many of these uh, in my experience, or I just haven't been paying attention for them, are the IGT, OGT, VGT, which stand for Inside Guarantee, Ocean View Guarantee, and Veranda Guarantee. Those seem to open up after pay in full and operate similar to the GTY staterooms, but the difference being you're paying a discounted rate because the ship isn't full and you're guaranteed a stateroom in, you know, the inside, ocean view or veranda categories that gets assigned to you closer in time. So that seems to be the difference between the different kind of three-letter acronyms there, and the big one being: Are you getting the room before paying full or after? How much of a savings, Tracy, have you seen on the guarantee rooms? Because it always looks like it's maybe a couple hundred dollars, but I don't know if maybe there are bigger savings to be had there on the sort of those GTY category rooms.
0: Uh, we've had some pretty big savings. Um, the one we just did, the the magic out of Miami, um, the IGT for a five night we ended up saving probably about $1,300. No, it definitely was $1,300 because that, that one came out, um, as you guys probably know, the website has been acting totally out of control since the upgrade That one came out on the website. I found it. I called my travel agent to book through them. I always use a travel agent when booking these GT rates because you cannot use a ten percent onboard booking discount on these rates. They're already as discounted as they're going to get. But a travel agent who offers like an onboard ship credit or um, the one we use, you have something called travel funds. The Disney price was two hundred more, and then I was able to use two hundred in travel funds for that one. But before, like I found it on the website, call the travel agent. The travel agent called, waited on hold, couldn't get it to come up. And then the rate disappeared. The, only, the rate the travel agent could get was the $1,300 more rate. And I was like, you know what? At that price, we're not really interested. So I called Disney, try to get it myself um, because it wasn't appearing on the website after the first day. But when I called DCL myself, the, the person was able to pull it up. I was like, all right, great. I'm going to call my travel agent and get them to book it. And then it disappeared completely. The travel agent couldn't get it. It wasn't on the website. DCL couldn't pull it up. And then like a week later, it magically reappeared and my travel agent was able to book it for me then. So I kind of released it and then it came back to us.
1: Yeah. So I'm just looking. So on the IGT, OGT, VGT, I think that's probably... You're right. That's probably a place where there's some significant savings. Like I'm looking at my... So, so I'm looking on the website at a cruise that we're getting ready to take in September out of Dover. And they have some guarantees up now for the specific categories like inside guarantee. And it says inside guarantee stateroom with restrictions. I will be perfectly honest and say I don't know exactly what the with restrictions means. But uh, is starting at $3,000 where the standard inside stateroom is at four, and the deluxe inside stateroom is at $4,100. But I'm curious, too, because there is this category of just general GTY stateroom that you can book before pay-in-full. Is that where you're seeing savings, too? Tracy is on those because that that's where I'm sort of saying my experience is a little bit that it might save you a couple hundred dollars, maybe $500 on the cruise fare. But it's not its not as big a savings as these post pay and full deals that Disney might put out.
0: Okay, yes, you are correct. The GTY, I would say the savings is usually a couple hundred dollars, which, you know, for us, I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking like, oh, well, that covers our gratuities. and um, it's an adult,
1: It's an adult dinner even. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, the thing with these GTYs and these GTs is you have to have, you have to really have the attitude that I'm just okay with getting on the ship. I don't care where my room is. Like one of the people who travels with us regularly has issues with motion sickness that are pretty serious. So, and honestly, I haven't, this isn't something I've had to deal with. So I'm not super knowledgeable about it. But, you know, based on what she's told me, the motion feels very different based on where you are on the ship. So she's, that person is not going to book a GTY or a VGT. That person was actually, they were able to get a military discount on their last sailing and they saved several hundred dollars. Because those rates are not... Those rates don't come out like they don't always release military rates. That's something they're going to release around the time they release like a Florida resident rate or something like that. Um, I'm not I'm not going to talk about that because I'm really not knowledgeable about military rates. But I know that uh, that person was able to save a significant amount of money.
1: So, Tracy, I'm curious, if folks are looking for these GTY and other special category rates, how do you go about finding them on Disney's website?
0: So if you're on the website under the Plan a Cruise tab, there's a couple different options, but there is one that says View Special Offers. And it's going to bring up a list of all of those you know, IGT, VGT rates that we talked about. It's not going to show you the rate, but it is going to show you the sale date. And so then you can kind of browse through all of the itineraries um, and the dates and see which one looks best for you.
1: I didn't know that filter existed. So that is a really good, good tip to be able to find those cruises. What what kind of success, Tracy, have you had with, you know, the room placement? And, you know, I I know the guarantee a lot of times folks are like, oh, uh, you know, there's at least a chance that I do a guarantee and then get bumped up a category here, you know, I think your philosophy here is right. You just got to be happy getting on board. But uh, do you do you see them moving you up categories a lot? Or, you know, are the rooms, I don't know, less desirable from a placement standpoint or anything like that?
0: Well, I'm probably not the right person to ask that question to because I, I don't care what room I'm in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be on the ship. The one time we had um, a VGT, we ended up with the oversized aft veranda on that was on the fantasy. I want to say deck 10 because it was like uh, the roof of on the top of our balcony was where people eat outside at Cabanas.
2: Oh, yeah, that's that's supposed to be a great balcony. Um, it was great. We loved it.
0: But when the ship is docking, you're going to feel a lot of movement, which doesn't uh, it didn't bother me like for the price that we paid and, you know, walking out onto your balcony and you're just backed up to Tortola was one of the ports we went to or Castaway. I was more than happy with um, the stateroom. But that, so that was like the last, that sailing was one of three where I had a balcony. And I mean, for us, you know, we love to go and do stuff all the time. Even we had that nice oversized balcony, we really never used it. So having a veranda is not, it's not a priority for us, you know, after, and I can say that after having one a few times, the one time that we really made good use of it was, um, and we didn't know this when we booked, but we could see the fireworks from our veranda. And so we didn't have to go up to the pirate party. Although, um, what I wouldn't give for a pirate party now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, they're back. They, the are, back. they are, are back. Yeah, yeah, the pirate parties are back.
1: Seattleway is back. So,
2: what about itineraries? Is there any strategy around, you know, for trying to get, you know, a decent deal on a cruise? Are there particular itineraries that you're looking at in order to find, you know, those better deals?
0: So uh, you're going to have to be flexible, right? Um, once upon a time, I would have pulled my child out of school for any Disney trip. Um, I've done it many times. There, have, With the youngest especially, um, I-, I noticed the impact of learning loss that occurred during COVID. And so now... I am not willing to pull my kids out of school for more than like the, when we went on the fantasy in February, she missed like a day of school. And then this latest IGT by some miracle took place over both of their spring breaks. It was like, we got off the ship the day before Easter. So that, that was honestly shocking for me, but in, you know, in post COVID times, who knows Um, it was from Miami. So I know those sailings are less popular But uh, it was a five-night double dip over the week before Easter, and we got a great IGT rate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suspect the longer cruises, the unique cruises and unique sailings are going to fill up. So you're going to be paying... Rack rate (laughs) for those pretty much across the board. There are some deals to be had in the repositioning cruises, though. Those tend to go cheaper than other cruises of similar length, or they have in the past. They might be a little bit oversubscribed right now because there's so much pent up demand, but it tended to be that those transatlantic crossings, for instance, if you could make them work, uh, the cruises up and down the West Coast, everything except like the Panama Canal and Hawaii cruises, to be perfectly honest. Tended to be a little less expensive, at least on a per night basis.
2: The other thing I would say is, I think I think you're right. Miami uh, sometimes is a, a good option because a lot of people want to sail out of Port Canaveral, and so it seems like Miami sometimes has better deals, but also out of Galveston and New Orleans. But um, whatever ship is sailing out of NOLA and Galveston, those sailings don't seem to sell out. I'm not sure why, because sailing out of New Orleans is amazing. Yeah, there's some probably some deals to be had there.
0: Yeah, definitely. So for our February 2020 cruise, I think this was like, there was our cruise, then a four night, and then the next one was Panama Canal. And you guys know, then there was the shutdown. We booked that six-night sailing Western Caribbean out of New Orleans on opening day for gold. Then we ended up booking the Panama Canal and uh, we canceled the six-night, right? Then the six-night went on an IGT rate, which was... It looks like it's about $1,400 less than what we paid on opening day. And we're like, well, we're just going to go. Oh, and at that time, we had decided to not do Panama Canal. And we were going to do Transatlantic in May of 2020 instead, which I also booked on an incredible um, IGT rate. It was going to be the first Panama Canal from New Orleans. And we canceled. And now I can't express my inner sadness. And then, of course, the Transatlantic got canceled
2: um, as well. The Transatlantic May of 2020. But those are some, I mean, those are some fantastic deals, you know, to sail if you're, you know, if you're willing to sail in the, one of the guarantee categories, it, there's really no if you can get a deal better than first day pricing that's pretty amazing.
0: Oh this was yeah substantially less than first day pricing and for the transatlantic if you like if you're okay with potentially like if you have some flexibility for the transatlantic we could see that it wasn't very full like right before paid in full date we actually canceled it and waited for the GT rates to come out. I mean you're taking a risk there you know the price could have gone up after paid in full date but I felt like it wasn't gonna go up that much and taking the chance and uh, booking it and we saved probably $1,200.
1: Yeah, I guess one other tip I would give right now is if you wanna do like a seven night cruise. So one thing that Disney does that I'm not sure a lot of people understand is that you would think that a three or four night cruise would be cheaper than a seven night cruise, which is true in some ways but not necessarily all. And so the the thing I wanted to sort of juxtapose here is a three-night Bahamian cruise on The Wish and just an inside category in June, uh, early June, is $2,600 for an inside cabin. And an inside cabin on The Fantasy for June 3rd, so the same time as The Wish, uh, is $5,000, but that's seven nights to do the same cruise to tack another four nights onto your wish sailing to make it back to back is going to run you another $3,600. So now the wish in total is like coming up to $6,300 for a seven night sailing, whereas you can do the same room for seven nights on the fantasy for five. Now, some of that is that the wish is new, but some of it's also that Disney can get away with charging a higher per night rate on shorter sailings uh, because there are more people want to book them because their total cost is, is lower. So just, Pay attention to that kind of things because when you talk about stretching your vacation dollar, uh, I don't know that a lot of people really look at what they're paying on the per night rate. They're looking at the total cruise. So I don't know, Tracy, if you've found that as well. But I like if you want to do a seven night on the wish right now, you gotta stack two cruises together and ultimately you're gonna be paying like thirteen hundred dollars more, it looks like, than sailing on the the fantasy.
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, I've looked at all that I spend way too much of my life looking at prices on Disney cruises. <laughs> to be honest, but that's how we've been able to do the amount of cruises that we have with me as a single parent.
1: Yeah, I mean the way that I look at this, I've been trying to figure out the way to frame this up for folks. Is that there's really a bunch of different inputs you have to have to land on the cruise that you want to take. Time of year, ship you want to be on, itinerary you want to sail, destinations you want to you know visit or itinerary length of sailing right and so all of those discrete inputs add up to a cost and so you have to figure out what is immovable for you in terms of your you know inputs to those categories and then once you have those the other categories might be sort of levers you can pull to reduce the cost so you know sailing on the wish right now is gonna be expensive. So if you're dead set on sailing on the wish and the wish only goes to certain itineraries, right? So now you've got these two categories kind of locked in. I wanna be on the wish and I'm going to the Bahamas. Then you gotta play around with time of year, right? I think so. If school's out, the prices are higher. If school's in session, the prices tend to be lower. If it's a holiday, unsurprisingly, prices is higher. And then as you kind of move along this spectrum of things, if you're like, well, I wanna be on the, the wonder and I don't care where it goes, but I want to be on there for seven nights or whatever it is. Right now you've, you've narrowed your itineraries a little bit. So you can still play with time of year, but you can also look at, Oh God, is that a seven night, like some unique sailing that they're doing for seven nights? Is it, you know, repositioning crews up the West coast, it stops in San Francisco and it's the only one they're going to be doing for the next several years. Well, you know, a lot of people are going to book that Hawaii, same way. Panama canal was the same way. Right. So you got to, you got to Put all of these inputs into your matrix and then you can figure out kind of where where you can save save money, right? I mean, that's that's sort of the way I think about it. I don't know if that maps to how you think about it, Tracy.
0: It definitely does. You know, for the purposes of, of what we're talking about, the listeners that are listening to this, there's probably a lot of people that have been on a lot of Disney cruises and they're going to be on a lot more. So I think if you feel like this is probably going to be a one and done thing for me, um, which kind of makes me laugh,
1: but... Um, <laughs> it won't be. <laughs> It won't be. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Unless you really hate Disney or hate cruising, one or the other. If you hate one or the other, then maybe it's a one and done because some family members dragging you on, right? I've I mean, done 10 cruises.
0: Obviously, we think they're fantastic. We keep going back for more and we have a blast in an inside in an inside stateroom because we are truly people who are all around the ship all the time. Um just like the all-star resorts the room is basically the place where we sleep and shower we don't even when we had a veranda we just don't spend much time in the room at all we, we like the energy up on deck we're constantly participating in activities that type of stuff so i would um i would hope no one would be discouraged from trying a disney cruise because the most of the most they felt like they could spend was that inside room mm-hmm.
1: Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, (laughs) like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, So she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new genie technology and everything like I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at touring plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of touring plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at touring plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So. Remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. We'll let them know the DCL duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, let's... Let's shift gears for a second, because I think there's, there's, you know, look, we've landed on our cruise, we found our cruise, we found the deal that makes it, you know, work for us. I want to make sure people don't forget the cruise fare isn't the only expense you're going to end up with, right? And we won't get into like, you know, look, all kinds of articles out there from the points guy and others around how to find the budget airfare if you're driving, all that sort of stuff. Same with hotels and resorts at Disney, plenty of advice out there, you know. Uh, you know, you're not probably want to stay at the contemporary if you're trying to save money. You know, the opportunities are at some of the other resorts around around Walt Disney World or staying off property, right? Tons of advice out there. I want to focus on the cruise itself for a second. Tracy, once you're on board, do you have any advice for people around how they can maximize the experience and save a little money? And, and it doesn't have to be limited to onboard because I know there's probably some things you can book in advance and pay for in advance. And we do that save a little bit of money. But Tracy, how do you how do you stretch that dollar once you're on the cruise?
0: Uh, That's tough. I mean, because it's just a totally, it can be a totally different experience from cruise to cruise for us. For example, like the seven night that we went on in February, that was our first cruise in in almost two years to the date. I think it left like maybe exactly on the same date that we had gone on the the wonder two years prior. But um, so we felt like that was really special. Oh, and the ports were amazing. We went to St. Martin and St. Thomas, which... I am in love with St. Thomas, like I could go on and on about it. One of the things that I was able to do for St. Thomas was because I went there for the first time on a Disney cruise and loved it so much. I went back for like a week by myself. Um, so I felt very comfortable getting in a cab there, uh, just going to a beach that I knew that I loved and not doing a Disney excursion. So, I mean, is that a way to save money? Yes. But there are, if like, if I'm not comfortable with the port or I don't know it very well, I'm not going to book a non-Disney excursion because... If you think about the cost of what could happen if you were to miss the ship, you're not saving (laughs) any money.
2: Fair point. But it is a good point that, you know, Not booking excursions through Disney. Now, there's a couple of options from that. means you can book an excursion on your own directly through a vendor. And you can find... There's lots of websites out there that can help you in finding excursions in various ports. And if you book directly through that vendor, you're going to pay less. It might even be the same vendor that's doing the Disney excursion. But you're going to probably pay less if you're buying it direct. But there is it comes with some risk. Another option I would honestly say is not getting off at a port right you all of your meals and everything on the ship are already paid for they're already included in your in your cost for your cruise if the port doesn't really interest you that all that much. Guess what the ship's going to be kind of empty. You're going to get to enjoy the ship quite a bit uh, if you decide to stay on. Now there's certain ports of course I I wouldn't want to
1: miss. Well, if you're going to an Alaska if you're going on an Alaska cruise you're going to get off, right?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, but if you're yeah. going on an Alaska cruise that's yeah. not a budget cruise anyway. No, Let's just no. be honest. Alaska cruising is one of the most exp- it's probably the most expensive cruise option on any cruise line.
1: But if your bucket list is I want to go to Alaska to go back to what I was saying earlier around I have to go to Alaska So look, the way to save money there, I think, is actually what Tracy is suggesting, which is there are plenty of blogs and other resources out there to understand what port adventures are available on an Alaska cruise. And Disney's port adventure fee or cost is generally higher than just getting it direct. And so we've we've heard tons of stories over time from people who've been to Alaska who have booked the same helicopter tour as the Disney cruise group. Right. They're standing right next to people wearing those stickers. They're in the same helicopter with them, same provider, and they paid half the cost. I do think on the port adventure side of things, you're right, Sam, there may be ports just don't get off, right? We have those ports that we're just like, this doesn't interest me. But if you're going someplace and you do want to get off, agree the risk is you miss the ship. But we'll also say that a lot of those vendors understand that their market is cruisers. And if they don't get them back to the ship on time, you know they're not going to be in business for very long. So if you want to go to Megan's Bay Beach, you can pay Disney $200 to take you and your family over there, or you can pay like $20 to get a cab over there, right? And so you know if you're willing to take a little risk to save a little money, I think most times it's going to pay off in your favor Favor as long as you're mindful and have a plan and, and all that sort of stuff.
2: And leave a lot of time, leave extra time in case there's traffic and things like that.
0: Yeah, that was what I was going to say, Sam. Um, Like for Grand Cayman, I had never been there before, but... Disney did not offer an excursion that went to Starfish Point and I knew I had to take my kids there. So even though I wasn't familiar with the port, I booked a highly rated vendor on TripAdvisor and I just made sure, you know, that we were like the the excursion was scheduled to get back like three or four hours before all aboard time. So I felt comfortable with that.
1: Yeah. But there's plenty of advice out there if you're looking to book your own excursions. We had a guest on recently who had an amazing catamaran excursion. Remember Sam that he was talking about that all booked on his own. So like plenty of advice out there if you want to do it, just have a plan. You know, on board too. I don't know my philosophy, Tracy, and I'd be curious if it's yours. Is you know, to Sam's point, everything's bought and paid for by the time you get on, with a few exceptions. But you don't really have to spend a dime on board beyond hopefully your tipping your servers and staff. Uh, but you really have to spend a dime on board if you don't want to, right? A
0: hundred percent. You can go, um, the five night that we just did, because we did splurge on the seven night two months ago. I don't think maybe a couple of coffees from Cove Cafe, but the seven night, I mean, you know, Pete, you have to, uh, trust me, I'm a budget traveler through and through, but you have to assign value. Like we actually splurged for a shutters photo session on the seven night on formal night, because both sets of grandparents were there. We were all dressed up, like looking really nice. And it was, that was the first, last, and only time I've done that. But for me, the value is there. And that was in addition to the regular picture package that we had. We also did um something I thought I would never do, which was the princess tea.
2: We haven't done the princess tea, but we're gonna be doing the the Olaf picnic version on the wish. So uh, but I know it's an exorbitant cost, but it's definitely an optional thing. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh photography and photo packages. And the reason I want to say this is, is because there is an option to pre buy a photo package at a lower. Price point than when you're on the ship. I think it's worthwhile if you're going, you know, on a big family trip, you're going to have grandparents with you or your people who tend to go and take every picture. It might not be your Willie and Rebecca.
1: Shout out to Willie and Rebecca. Hashtag 500 photos on a five night sailing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, they always get the photo package. We don't always get the photo package. And so we don't pre buy it um, just because. Our photo taking varies very much from cruise to cruise. There's cruises where we literally have less than like 10 photos. And then there's other cruises where we've had, you know, like 30 or 40. But if you're somebody who like, for example, that cruise you went on where you had both, you know, sets of grandparents, that is the perfect opportunity, I think, to buy the photo package ahead of time because you're going to save money on that photo package and you're probably going to make good use out of it with with pictures. Now, what you have to do if you have more than one stateroom is you have to make sure you're giving the stateroom number to the photographer that is tied to the photo package. Don't give both staterooms. Just give the, the stateroom number that is tied to the photo package so that, it, so that it gets included. Otherwise, you will be missing a bunch of your photographs.
1: Yeah. And, and I was the thing I was going to say about the photos too, in addition to getting the package in advance, if you know you're going to use it, is there are ways to maximize almost like a private photo session without paying for a private photo session, which is there are times when those photo setups in the atrium and lobby are super low weight and capacity, you know, especially as people, if people are at dinner and at the show, sometimes those photographers are still standing around waiting to take photos. You got the place to yourself. So if you have like late dining and it's post show and people are milling about, sometimes they'll be doing photos, but there's there's a pretty big gap between the show and when dinner starts. And we've been able to get like a ton of photos done at those booths. In fact, I, I think I've said this before, our podcast logo photo is from a Shutter's photographer and one of the all-white backdrops they had set up in the atrium and they had us rolling around on the floor for 10 minutes, I think, before he we went to dinner at, at Remy. I'll just say like, if you pick your time, you can you can get some almost near private time with the photographers. And now that Disney's got them roaming around everywhere too, you can just grab a photographer. I mean, they're up on deck now. They're on Castaway, waiting out in the water. They want to take tons of pictures because I think they're really trying to sell those packages now. So just grab them and get a photo with them. So um, I, I, I and the character photos everywhere too. So
0: that's an excellent point. Yeah, if you go at an off time, like right before dinner or right after the show, you know, you're going to wait and people are going to be waiting. But yeah, if you are not at the show that night, you can definitely get almost a private photo session.
1: Yeah, and and in the vein of not having to spend a dime on board too, I think the other tip I'd give folks is I think a lot of people think, well, I'm going on a cruise, so I'm going to have to buy drinks, and Disney doesn't have a drink package. So, you know, if you want to have your banana carib, Sam's favorite, or, you know, a cocktail before dinner, you are going to have to spend some money. There is a workaround, not for hard alcohol, unfortunately, or mixed drinks, um, but you can bring beer and wine on board. And I don't know that people fully understand the rule there (laughs) all the time. So the rule is two bottles of wine, or one six-pack of beer per adult over the age of 21 in the stateroom for each port of call. So when you get on at Port Canaveral in the beginning, you can have two bottles of wine. Uh, If you've got two adults, two bottles of wine, four bottles of wine, two six-packs of beer, you can bring those on with you. You just have to bring them on in your hand luggage. You cannot pack them in. And then, you know, if two days later you're stopped in Tortola or St. Thomas, you can bring two more on. You just cannot bring on hard alcohol that will get confiscated so
2: it will be checked basically until you are or get to your disembarkation yeah the only thing that i that i will caution people is don't bring the bottle to any of the restaurants if you bring the bottle to the restaurants they will charge you a corkage fee so you've got to pour it in your stateroom into a glass and bring the glass with you and so you you aren't going to be able to refill so just get, you know if you won't, give yourself a, a large a large pour. The other there's a couple of other tips for for drinks that I um, I want to highlight. I'll let Brian jump in on the the beer token, but there there are wine packages where you can buy. I don't know. It's like three bottles of wine or five bottles of wine for the length of the cruise, and the your dining room staff will hold the bottles for you, or will let you take them with you if you don't finish them. And so. You know that's a good option for uh, some savings. It's certainly cheaper than uh, buying an individual bottle or buying an individual glass. Another um, option is the drink of the day. So every day on board, they will have a drink of the day, and that will be uh, at a slightly discounted price. And so that's you know an option to do if you're if you like to try new things. And then Brian, I'll let you jump in with the beer token.
1: Oh yeah, so the beer token is a way to save money on beer. It's it's <laughs> it is an easy yet surprisingly difficult concept to wrap your head around, but basically you buy a beer mug, and they give you a 20-ounce beer mug, but you're only paying, I believe, for the 16-ounce pour. So you're getting four free ounces per beer, which if you add that up over time, right, four of those equals a free beer. So basically every fourth beer, you've had a free beer. <laughs> I guess that's right, the it's way to say it.
2: You're basically, buying, you're buying the glass, and then you're paying for refills, and your refills are cheaper than if you were to buy a new beer each time.
1: Right, but the, tr- the trick is... I think a lot of people think, well, I've got this glass now and I have to carry it around. I have to remember to bring it with me from my stateroom to the bar. Yeah, if you keep the glass, but you don't have to keep the glass. You can turn the glass in at the bar for what they call a beer token, which is just a card. (laughs) It's like a card that Disney's had designed in print. It says beer on it. And you put that in your wallet or with your key of the world card or whatever it is. And the next time you come to the bar, you pull that out, you hand it to them, they hand you a new glass. Uh, I also don't know that a lot of people know that you don't have to take the glass off with you at the end of the cruise. I never do. In fact, I just take the beer token off. And the next time I come back on, I've got a beer token. So I have had the same beer token <laughs> across whatever number we're at, 16 Disney cruises I've been on. You know, I don't have to keep buying a new beer token. I just bring the token on. If you really want that glass, pro tip, go on eBay. You can buy one for $10. <laughs> or eight dollars, right, and have it sent to you, and then you can have the glass at home and still have the token to take on board the cruise. Along those lines, Tracy, you mentioned coffee. I was just going to highlight they don't care when you got those stamps on that Cove Cafe card. So if you don't fill the Cove Cafe frequent coffee drinker card up, which you should get five stamps gets you a free coffee. You can take off the partially used card and just again bundle it up with the stuff you take on your cruise, bring it back, and they'll just keep stamping it. So you know you don't have to start over on your next sailing. So. I mean, those are at the margins, but they're little ways to save uh money on board and really stretch kind of some of the savings that they offer.
0: Yeah, I did want to talk about since y'all brought up the drinks. Um, we're not big drinkers, but there is this one particular brand of champagne that we were introduced to at Remy Brunch, um Moe Shandon Ice. Uh it's we my mother and I love that stuff. Like it it's ambrosia for us. We don't we don't bring it on the ship because What it costs on the ship versus at our local grocery store is only a few dollars more. And if you hit the happy hour at Signals, which is like, I think it's twice. It's like 5 p.m. and 9 p.m. The bottles are 30% off. You can get the bottle at the bar. You can bring it to dinner and not pay a cork fee. You know, you just let them know, I just purchased this at the bar on board. And that is for, because that's what we drink now. Not everything is thirty percent off, but like bottles of uh, most wine and stuff, the the stuff that we've ordered is eligible for the happy hour promotion.
2: Wow. Okay. Now I am writing this one down because this is one I did not know, Tracy. And I, we and it's in the no Navigator Life. app,
0: so you got to heart that happy hour at Signals. So that you're reminded <laughs> twice a day, every day. <laughs> Sam,
1: you missed a big one. You missed your favorite, the Ben.
2: Oh, the bin. Okay, so this is another tip. So if you are at any of the bars on board, ask them what wine they have in the bin what that means is it's a bottle that they opened um that day or the day before that they did not sell the whole bottle right somebody ordered a glass or several people ordered a glass and so it's it's leftover wine but it's not old it's obviously still good
1: yeah they do pour it out if it's not good <laughs> just to be clear yeah yeah they're not serving you stale wine from two cruises ago
2: yeah and it and it ends up being like $10 a glass. So it's the, I mean, it's, it's better than any deal you can get other than like a happy hour deal perhaps, but you might get like a top shelf, particularly champagne. Cause that stuff they're going to, they, you know, if they open the bottle of champagne and you know, that will go flat fairly quickly. So they, they they have to use that pretty quickly. Yeah, you can get some really top shelf wine or, or uh, bubbly $10 a glass. Well, and
1: I, I think the two best bars on board, Sam, for that are probably Meridian on the Dream and the Fantasy and uh, like Ooh La La or Pink.
2: Another, another tip that I, I want to mention is uh, popcorn. Popcorn has now returned to the <laughs> the ships. And generally if you could, speaking... If you could only
1: see the room Sam is sitting in right now, it's got popcorn bucket display on the left-hand side. So yeah, <laughs> she is a popcorn so fan. The,
2: I do. I, I love popcorn and I love popcorn, bucket, Disney popcorn
1: buckets. Just not popcorn ceilings. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Anyway, so there are snacks that you can buy, like movie theater snacks in both the shops as well as in the little concession stand that's outside of like the Walt Disney Theater. But the candy is obviously expensive. It's like movie theater, expensive candy. You can, pro tip, bring your own candy on board with you if you are somebody who needs to have candy in the theater and obviously you can buy it for a lot less money at your local convenience store or your local grocery store. But if you do like popcorn like I do, bring a popcorn bucket with you. Um, perhaps you have one already from the cruise line or from one of the Disney parks, and you can purchase just a popcorn refill. They will refill your your bucket uh, for you. And it's about, I think, with tax, it's like $2. So it's pretty much the it's the cheapest pay for snack you can get on board, uh, certainly cheaper than any of the candy options they're selling.
1: I I think the last area where you can really save some money is the spa. Uh, So if you really want to do a spa treatment, again, you don't have to. And it's a way to just avoid spending altogether if you just skip the spa. Uh, But I don't find the spa prices to be like outrageous as compared to what you might have to pay land for a similar experience. I mean, there's obviously...
2: Yeah, it's not going to be as cheap as like Massage Envy. So like a, a subscription model massage place you're not going to ever be able to get but a, a
1: day spa experience is going to be fairly similar and, and you know depending on where you live but one way to i think save some money on the spa is don't pre-book right uh if you pre-book before you're sailing you're just going to pay full rate so don't pre-book wait until you're on board and on day one they used to I, we haven't seen this we haven't experienced this since the restart but more because we haven't asked the spa experience has been pretty limited so we just haven't been booking as much in the spa we'll Sam will get a massage uh, and I might get the men's shave that's returned now. But but on day one, pre-pandemic, they used to do this like one, two, three kind of book three experiences and you would get 10, 20, 30% off and they would always kind of order them in a way that it was like you're getting 10% off the cheapest and 30% off the most expensive which was nice. So if you day one book three spa treatments and it could be like a manicure, a pedicure, a massage, right? They would they would give you that deal. If you don't want three experiences, the other thing you can do is uh, just look at the Navigator app and they usually have a deal and especially on port days when lots of people are getting off the ship and they're trying to fill the spa up, they'll just have like a deal on something. Something and and it's usually a pretty good deal. And you just, you know, you go, you book. Uh, you might have to book it like an off time or not the most convenient time, but yeah.
2: It's usually a same day booking. So if you're if it's a port day and they have a lot of empty spots, they'll put like something on kind of a special. They also have like add ons that they will do it at um, lower price points as well. I tend to not do them because I've usually got something else that I want to go and do. But um, but there's definitely uh, some discounted experiences you can get last minute.
1: I did also want to highlight for folks, we've said that you don't have to spend money on board and and that's true. But if adult dining is something that you want to experience, I did just it's you're not going to save a ton of money. But if you want to at least get out with the minimum amount of spend possible, one, if you're on a ship that has Palo and Remy, choose Palo because Palo is the cheaper of the two options and is a fabulous meal is a big step above uh, just main dining in general in terms of its experience and the food quality and so you will get a fabulous meal it's also widely accessible in terms of its food Remy is a bit more adventurous I would say this too regardless of which restaurant you pick they both now have a price fix menu and an a la carte menu and you will more likely than not end up spending more money on your meal if you go with the a la carte menu and the way that I know that (laughs) is that they'll give you the like the price fix is $45, you basically are guaranteed to pay Like they basically take that money off your bill as against kind of your a la carte spend. Like they deduct the price fix. Right, it's a
2: minimum. It's basically a $45 minimum is what Brian is trying to say.
1: Yeah, so it's basically a $45 minimum on the bill. And so just stick with the price fix meal because in Palo, it's $45 a person. You don't have to buy wine if you don't want to. So you're getting a really great meal for $90 plus the tip and so that's that is a that is a bargain i will say for the food quality you're getting out of that restaurant
2: the only other option i i would say that's also i think might be even a little bit less is if you want to do one of the dessert i think i don't know if paulo i don't think paulo has it but remy has a, like a dessert thing that's a, a standalone experience and that i think might be less expensive but i we've never done that
1: if they had the Palo brunch buffet back which i i still firmly believe that is a rest in peace i don't think it's coming back it it would have been back already i feel like if they were gonna bring it back because they have brought back all the other buffet service on board but if they had the palo brunch option i would say if you want to really stretch your dollar then you do the brunch it's the same cost as dinner you get to order off the menu and there was a brunch buffet in the past and so you mean you could really eat your fill at brunch and then some uh I actually prefer the way it is now because I just don't need that much food available to me. You know, so just recognize you're not really at this, in this moment in time and the way it's structured, you're not saving any money by grabbing breakfast there as opposed to, to dinner. It's still $45 a person for the price fix menu that they offer. I don't know, maybe Sam at brunch, they do give a little bit more leeway toward ordering extra dishes without without the a la carte side of things. So you can you can get a little bit more food at the brunch than at the dinner.
2: You can, well, and you can try multiple dishes versus at dinner, you're paying for every dish you yeah. order. So
1: yeah. 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 So, Tracy, any onboard tips and tricks we've missed? I will just say, just say, please don't, please don't zero out your tips. Those are really important. Just factor those into your cruise costs. We like to just build them in and prepay. But any other kind of money saving strategies on board, Tracy, that you can think of?
0: Um, well, first of all, I agree about the tips. I don't, I, I I like to think of myself as being generous with the tips. I mean, Think about what these cruises would cost if the company had to follow U.S. wage and labor laws. So, you know, please just consider that, oh, the reason I'm getting this so inexpensive is I need to make it up in tips. I did want to say about the GT rates, a couple of things that we didn't talk about. And this is the with restrictions. You need to be okay with second dining because you're going to get put in it by default and you're probably not going to get moved up unless the cruise is really empty. Um, that one time we sailed at the peak of hurricane season, we did sail in a restricted rate and we did get main dining. Um, we prefer second dining anyway. So, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with being requested to move to main dining, but you, you need to be just like, you need to be okay with any stateroom. Like you have to be okay with second dining. You know, I know you've got, have talked before about the importance of having main dining. So if that's important to you, these rates are not for you. (laughs) Um, and the other thing about the, GT rates that differ from the restricted rates that differ from all the other rates is that you cannot change them. I think, and I don't have any experience with this, but I think like even after paid in full date with a regular rate, if you're like, look, this person can't make it, but this person's going to take their place. You might lose the deposit that on that person, or you might pay a penalty on that person, but you can't switch them out. The restricted rates, you cannot make any changes. So even if someone in your party got sick, instead of just losing whatever the cancellation policy is at that point, like you're not going to get anything back.
2: One question I had for you, Tracy, is do you know if, because right now there's the flexible cancellation policies that Disney has in place because of COVID. Do you know if if those are any different if you're sailing in one of these guaranteed categories?
0: Uh, if it's with restrictions, I would say that probably I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't have any experience. So I guess the
2: I don't read the fine print, I guess, would be yeah. our, our answer, because it may not be you may not have the same flexible cancellation as other cruisers if you're selling one of those categories, even if Disney's general policy. But I guess you have to just check and, and make sure if, if that's something that you have a concern about.
1: Yeah, I will say, I will say, Sam, on your question, just looking at the Disney site, which I really encourage folks for any of this content. Disney has a lot of information out there uh, on cancellation policies and that sort of thing. For their cruise date flexibility program, they have right now, which enables you to uh, basically move your cruise at any time, fifteen days prior to departure, and this is on sailings on or before September 30th, they keep kind of bumping it out. I don't know how much longer they'll do that. They, there is no restriction on that. You can, it's any room uh, that's been booked and they call out specifically in the FAQs applies to every booking. So um, so right now there are cruise date cruise flexibility that only is for sailings on or before September 30, 2022. So we're not t- like future dates are not covered by this as of yet. With the flexible refund policy right now, Disney is saying if anyone in your stateroom gets sick with COVID, within 14 days of your sailing, they will allow you to get a full refund without any cancellation fees on the cruise. I don't see any restrictions on that for these guarantee rooms. Uh, I'm not quite clear. Oh, it's that's also for sailings that start on or before September 30, 2023. So not 2022, 2023. Uh, so, you know, do go on and read these policies. But the flexible refund policy, I would guess applies to even these rooms because they don't want you to get on board with COVID. And if you show up to the port and tested positive, they have to find some way to accommodate that right now, and they have been. So it does seem like the current kind of specialized policies do apply. So the only other tip and trick I was going to give people that we skipped over in the beginning, uh, and I we can't get too deeply into this because it's going to take it would take an entire show to talk about. Maybe we will. Do it as a bonus episode at some point <laughs> if Tracy has some tips along this lines. It's just there are gift card deals and credit card deals through different providers or the Disney Visa card.
2: Meyer, yeah. Target, BJ's.
1: Costco sometimes even. Sam's
2: Club. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or yeah, there's all kinds of deals to be had on Disney gift cards, which we have in the past, you know, gotten enough gift cards to... Pay off our cruise and it results in, you know, somewhere between a four, three, four, five, maybe as much as 7% savings on the cruise fare to do it that way. Cause you're getting like a $500 gift card for $450 or something like that. Uh, on the credit card side, less deals, but more just highlighting the Disney Visa card allows you. Basically, zero interest financing of your trip over six months. So, anything that you charge on that card that is related to Disney, I think travel, but might even be shopping, but very much Disney resort stays, cruise fares, cruise deposits, that kind of stuff, uh, they basically allow you to pay that over six months with no interest. So, if you're looking for a way to kind of finance that vacation a little bit, that can be a decent option for that. And then you get points on your spending on the card that translate back into Disney rewards dollars which is it's a funky term but it's you know look if you're paying $2 for a Dole Whip it's 2 Disney rewards dollars as well you basically get like a credit card a Disney rewards card that you load up with that cash and you can use it to pay for things on the ship yeah, it's You've-
2: like it operates like a gift card at any of the Disney locations and we've
1: if you want to apply a bunch of gift cards to your onboard account or cr- apply disney reward you can just go on board go to guest services i recommend doing it like the first day that you're sailing because as you accrue credits on your stateroom they charge your card once it hits a certain point so if you're hoping to really pay for things with gift cards or rewards dollars whatever it is throw those on your account in the beginning and then allow them to pay down uh, i guess is the way to say it so
2: And if you're using gift cards for things, just make sure you keep the cards until you've used all the money. If there's any chance of any kind of a refund or anything like that, the money is generally put back on the card that you paid from last. And so, yeah, so you want to keep particularly that the last gift card that you uh, entered in for your cruise fare.
1: Or my tip is usually pay the last $10 of the cruise fare on an actual credit card. (laughs) And then any refunds go back to that card and not Some gift card that you may have thrown away or lost track of over time. Well, I think we have just about exhausted the ways that you can potentially save money on a Disney cruise. I hope some of these tips are helpful. But Sam, I'm gonna throw it over to you. We've reached that point in the show where it's time for rapid fire. So, Sam, you wanna take it away?
2: Yeah. Are you ready, Tracy?
0: As ready as I will ever be.
2: (laughs) All right. You know the drill here. You listen to our show. Okay. Tracy, who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character?
0: I have Maleficent as the villain and then Elliot from Peach Dragon.
2: Oh, I love that. What a great answer. Nobody ever answers Elliot. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? My favorite movie is probably, again, Peach Dragon.
0: The first one, I have not seen the the re- the new one.
2: That's okay. We I haven't seen the new one either.
0: <laughs> what is your favorite Disney song? Being a NOLA girl, I have to go with Want to Be Like You by Louis Prima. I mean, written by the Sherman Brothers, but performed by New Orleans' own Louis Prima in The Jungle Book.
2: Yeah, I love it. All right. You have been on all four of the ships. Which one is your favorite?
0: Uh, I'm going to have to go with the generic The One I'm On. At the moment, because I, c- I couldn't pick a favorite. Um, I don't know if you guys have been on the Magic yet, but that Tangled show is the best
2: show on any of the four. All right. Well, so moving on, what is your favorite bar space on board the Disney ships?
0: You know, I have to say that French Quarter Lounge on The Wonder is pretty fantastic. And when we were on The Wonder out of New Orleans in 2020, I, I noticed that that bar, I mean, they had some great entertainment. They had local NOLA people on there. That bar was packed every night. And I have never noticed that on any other ship.
2: Yeah, we love that bar too. What a great, what a great spot. All right. Moving on. What is your favorite activity on board?
0: I guess just hanging out on the, the main pool deck, either watching my kids play in the pool or outside the cove, I'm almost staring at the ocean.
2: <laughs> yeah, perfect. It sounds like a great day to me. All right. Favorite rotational dining. I know this is a tough one. It is tough.
0: I- I'm gonna have to go with animators. All right. That, uh, the drawing, the animation magic is like, it's, we've done it so many times and we still like are in love with it every time.
2: I know. I always have to like brainstorm. Okay. What what am I drawing for this one? Love it. All right. And my last question for you, Tracy is bucket list cruise on DCL. So this can be even a place that Disney doesn't currently cruise, but anywhere that you want to go and you want to go on a Disney cruise.
0: That is a tough one. Um, I am dying to do Alaska. But if I had to pick, uh, I recently saw someone saying that they were doing the sailing from Hawaii to Vancouver and then Alaska, like a back to back. And I was like, that sounds like an absolute dream. Uh,
2: I'm in. (laughs) So if you, if you need another kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Tracy, want to say thank you for sharing your tips and tricks with us for saving a little bit of money on board and even in the booking process. And since you are a New Orleans native, Tracy, we are going to be back in New Orleans next February for another sailing, I guess, aboard the Magic, not the Wonder this time, the Magic. And so we will have to have you back down the line because we want to share more spots to go, places to see things to do in New Orleans. And so we'd love to have the perspective of a native. So, hopefully, we can have you back to share some of those.
0: Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Tracy with some tips and tricks on how to save a little bit of money on your Disney cruise. I mean, look, Disney cruising is kind of a luxury good these days. (laughs) so There's not a ton of ways to really get it at a discount, but there are a few out there. And hey, if you have some cast member friends, uh, buy them dinner or something because they can get some really amazing rates on a Disney cruise. So anyway, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you've got some tips or tricks that have saved you money on board or in the booking process, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear about them. So you can either email us at dclduo at gmail.com or you can call our new phone line that we have set up. We have a voicemail line set up with Google Voice, and you can call us directly at 402-413-5590. We're trying to get a call-in segment to our show each week, so head over there, give us a call, leave us a message. We'd love your questions and your comments, and we'll respond to them on air. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from Bogies66, B-O-G-E-S, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, who writes, great for information not having social media, I am able to gain updated information from these podcasts with their own experience on cruises or bringing on guests. I've been able to navigate this crazy new world of cruising. We find ourselves in well, thank you for that review and we appreciate it. And we do try to bring up to date information as we can hard to keep up with everything right now, but happy you're finding our information informative and hope we're helping others out there in the community. So with that, we do want to thank each and every one of you for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL dual each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcast, leave us those five-star reviews and hit that subscribe button. We love, love, love getting feedback from our listeners and reading it on the air each and every week. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. Our phone lines are also open at 402-413-5590 if you'd like to leave us a message and be a part of the show. You can also head over to youtube.com slash dclduo for even more great content or you can browse our website at dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us and all of the content that we have out there. If you'd like to help support the show you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to defray the cost of this show each and every month or you can browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just please, please, please let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are so those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the disney company or disney cruise line if you have questions about a disney cruise or disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous disney adventure with the dcl duo good night